we took the baby to visit daycare yesterday and um there's nothing to make you feel like a shitty parent like going to a place full of other people's kids and being like oh why doesn't my kid do that son of a bitch like they were all uh gave all the kids little bowls of food and a spoon and they all just sat there feeding themselves you know like little tiny humans and my daughter like fucking shoved her hand in and just started smearing it all over her face <laughs> it's like oh these kids are all they all have like table manners and etiquette and my kids like finger painting with the mashed pumpkin they had a little uh, thing in the lobby that's like a a wishing tree um and it's like you write you write a little thing it's like i wish that my child like makes new friends and whatever and there were all these like very big aspirational when we looked at them afterwards we're like oh it's like my hope my child has a happy and healthy life and expands new horizons or whatever and we wrote down like i hope my kid learns how to use a spoon Welcome back to another episode of The Daily Screening Asks. Hey, does it hold up? Uh, I hope so. I always hope so. It rarely does, but I always hope so. Joining me this week, as always, is my partner in crime, Bartholomew Devon. Hello, Bart. Hey. Hey, and we also have a fun guest star this week, my old roommate, and also my old RA in college, uh, although he never wrote me up for drinking, so thank you, sir. Uh, ben Fuller. Hi, Ben. How are you guys? Good to be here. Yeah, well, yeah it's, it's, it's nice to see you, buddy. You're, uh, you're joining us from the uh, sunny shores of Los Angeles, California. Where COVID, COVID-19 is alive and well. Yes, I am. Alive and well, and on the rise, I feel like I saw. What, what a time to be alive. What a time. Hey, fuck you, 2020. That's what I have to say. <laughs> yeah. I feel like this is just how we're going to start every podcast now. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a couple of weeks of this. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's just two and a half white guys bitching about 2020 every week. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the new name. I've been thinking about rebranding the podcast. That should be the new name. Two and a half white guys bitch about 2020. <laughs> ben, how has your, uh, you know, quarantine been? It's been interesting. Uh, I was furloughed for nine weeks, uh, unpaid Ooh. from my job, which was fun. Uh, felt like Brutal. a degenerate for the first three weeks because I've never been on unemployment in my 20 years as an adult. So that was an interesting mm. uh, foray into what it feels like on that side of the, of the cards or that side of the coin, yeah. as it were. Um, but I quickly gave up on that feeling and was like, hey, government, thanks for all the money. Yeah. I kind of got back into music a little bit, but then quickly lost, um, not lost interest, but kind of lost, me- lost momentum. Steam. Yeah, lost momentum, yeah. lost um, inspiration. So, but yeah, I just tried to, you know, get, stay active. I tried to run a lot, and, but I'm back at work now. So it is. Yeah, uh, how long have you been back? Uh, I've been back three week, three four weeks now in my, in my fourth oh, week. Wow. Yeah, my fourth week nice. back. Um, it's not much going on for production, obviously, right now. Well, I was going to say, yeah, you work in production. I mean, I imagine mm-hmm. that the, the workload is pretty diminished, even though you're back. Like, I imagine there's not too much shooting at the moment. No, we've been limited to pretty much uh, remote productions, uh, talk shows where hosts are dialing in from their homes via Skype. Yeah. And we have a couple of different computers that can handle um, multiple Skype streams at once and, and record them. Uh, I'm not going to. Mm. I'm not going to plug products right now because that would be weird. But if you are looking for a ring light, then Ben has you covered. <laughs> sure do. Bart, how you doing, man? How's, uh, how's your week been? What day is I don't know what day it is. I'll tell you what day it is. It's Bill and Ted Day. It is fucking Bill and Ted Day. We're talking Bill and Ted's bogus journey this week, which is very exciting. And just coincidentally, it happens to be... Uh, according to uh, a, one particular pocket of the internet, which I'm pretty sure is pretty much just Alex Winter's Twitter, uh, it is Bill and Ted Day uh, because today is June 9th, which is 6 9, as in 69, dude! Oh, is that yeah, why? Exactly. I was, I was like, yeah, that's why it's Bill and Ted. Day. Dropped, or? Yeah, like, and. So as a result, we got a. Coincidentally, we got a trailer this morning for uh, Bill and Ted 3. 
Bill and Ted Face the Music. Uh, so we're going to talk about that for sure. Yeah, um, we're weirdly, weirdly topical. <laughs> yeah, we're very in sync today, which is great. Well, the funny thing is we were supposed to record this podcast on Sunday, and then we were supposed yep. to record <laughs> this podcast on Monday. And then we yeah. recorded it on the day the trailer dropped, which is kind of brilliant. I, I like it. The universe is coming together to make our podcast better, It guys. sure is. It sure is. Well, it's not going to get worse. So like. Yeah, right? <laughs> you guys watched it. What did you, you guys think? Well, what I will say right now is having literally just finished Bogus Journey for the first time in probably 15 to 20 years, uh, yep. just, just yesterday, because I watched the first hour and 15 minutes on Sunday morning, and I was like, or Saturday morning, I was like, no, you know what? I'm gonna fall asleep, kind of like you with Flight of the Navigator. Flight of the Navigator, uh, Bart. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm but gonna, I push I'm through gonna, that shit. <laughs> I'm going to fall asleep, so I'm gonna just turn this off now and pick it up later. Uh, it was right at like, well, we'll talk about where it was because where it was was, it was in heaven. It was in heaven, which I have a lot of questions about heaven. By the way, <laughs> a lot of questions about heaven. I'm really glad to know that aliens can go to heaven because I wasn't sure, but now I know. It, it feels like the Bill and Ted version of Ghostbusters Three that never happened. Mm. Um, like I, I don't know it's it, it's it's fine i really wasn't sure where they were gonna go um it the, the premise is perfectly sound i mean yeah. or at least not sound but it's consistent anyway with uh how the first two movies are you know i uh have been hearing about this movie i mean this movie's been in development for ages and ages and ages um, and honestly, like Alex Winter has been trying to like will it into existence for like 10 years. And I think the well, sort he wants of a stimulus check, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the like, can we call it the Keanu sans, uh, the, the like resurgence of Keanu Reeves, uh, in the last handful of years with the, the John Wicks and, oh, yeah. and, and the memes and whatnot. I think like that really helped kind of put it over the top and like help make it happen. Can I just point out that if from the few shots of the two of them together in the trailer, it seems like. Uh, Alex Winter is trying really hard to be Bill again. And it seems like Keanu Reeves is on Quaaludes the entire trip. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. I was, I was curious if you guys felt, because my only hesitation from that trailer, like I thought the gags were funny. It's directed by uh, Dean Pariseau, who uh, directed Galaxy Quest, one of our favorite movies Love of all time. Movie. Love um, that movie. Which I feel like they should be selling. I feel like that should be a selling point. Like, at some point, I want to see a trailer that says from the director of Galaxy Quest. Like, that should be... You should be marketing that shit. My only hesitation was that in that, like, first bit where they do the, like, be excellent to each other and party on, it kind of felt like they were doing impressions of themselves, you know? Like, it was like they were doing the shtick, but they're so much older now that, like, the shtick doesn't... Like, that shtick is so ingrained in, like, youth... That it's like it's, I want. I kind of want them to be like somewhat older and wiser because they're older, you know. So, like so I want to see time I, having affected them and changed them a little. I the way I, I saw that scene is I'm and I'm gonna bet you one whole American dollar right now that this is how that happens. They summon Bill and Ted to say you were supposed to unite the world. The world has gone to shit. And Alex Winters pulls Keanu inside. Says what are we what are we supposed to fucking say? And he goes, I don't know. Let's just do what we used to say. And that's yeah. why you get a half-hearted, be excellent to each other, and it doesn't work. I've been hearing for a long time that, because the script has been bouncing around like the internet and around the industry for, for a long time, and uh, anyone who's read this script has always said that like the script is actually really good, and it's just like really like joyful and lovely and and like really fun um so i i've had like actually pretty decently high hopes for this movie of all movies um and i just like i want it to be like i kind of want to see them i want to see those characters having grown and changed if it's just them you know in their like 40s 50s like trying to act like they're still 20 then like i don't know that's less interesting you know i'm holding out hope so, so in previous movies, when they so apparently like the theme in Bill and Ted's movies is they always interact or, or encounter themselves in some other form, right? Is that a thing? Yeah, it's sure. Safe to say that that's a thing. Yeah. Why are the themselves that they encounter in this new movie like roid junkies? They're <laughs> roided out because that's them, by the way. And yeah, 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 and in prison. See, yeah. And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's them and heavy latex and shit. Yeah. What the fuck, man? Why is that? Why is that a thing? I'm I'm betting they go into the future and they see multiple different versions of themselves. Yeah, oh, that makes that's, sense. 
Like an alt, like they go to 2026 and then they go to an alternate 2026. Are we going to get a little yeah. back to the future time travel thing See, going on? See, I'd be into that. I, I'm guessing that's what it's going to be. That, that would actually be an interesting way to sort of uh, play with the format because the first one, I rewatched the first one. I rewatched Excellent Adventure because I hadn't watched it in a while. So I was like, I want to rewatch it before I watch Bogut's Journey just so I can sort of track you know, like gags that carry over from one movie to the next or like things that echo back to the previous movie. But, you know, the first movie is watch these two dumbasses like travel through time. It's like, here, they're in the Old West. Now they're in, you know, medieval England. Now they're in, you know, Greece, you know, like it's seeing them in different eras of history. But then the second movie is, you know, you can't just do the same thing. I mean, you could do the same thing again, but they, I give them credit. It's one of the things I like about Bogus Journey is they say like, okay, how can we sort of put a different spin on it and how can we sort of take the same concept and do it in a different way and so it's they go to the afterlife it's they go to they die and then they go to hell and then they go to heaven so uh you're sort of seeing them again in these like odd scenarios uh traveling around or these like weird new realities um so I, i like the way they sort of push the envelope there so yeah if the third one is them literally going from like parallel dimension to parallel dimension and like here's the version where they're roided out convicts and here's the version where they're homeless and here's the person version where they run google or whatever like that that that's fun you know seeing like 12 different versions of bill and ted like that's that's a good time I just don't want to. I don't want to overstep. I think the true message of Bogus Journey, and that, and that would be the fact that Missy has huge daddy issues. Oh man, <laughs> she that goes the weirdest old, joke. Old man to old man to old man. There's even that throwaway line uh, early on where the 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 commander from the military academy is. First of all, why is the commander of the military academy invited to the the Princess Babes' birthday party? <laughs> it seems very odd. I don't know why he's at that get-together. Uh, why is he, but, why he lives in Alaska. And why, yeah. is, why is Ted's dad invited? Like, you don't yeah. invite your dad to your girlfriend's birthday party? That's yeah, very odd. I mean, I know I do. What are you talking but, about? But then Missy, oh, like, walks past him and is like, hey, Otsi. And it's like, why has she fucked every male over 40 in the world? <laughs> But more important, what's the general's name? It's like o- Oates. General Oates. Oates. Colonel Oates. Colonel, Oates. Colonel Oates. Oates. Remember at the one point when he goes to Ted, like, there's still a, sp- a spot for you in military school. And yeah. then he says to Bill, there could be a spot for you too. And then he says to all of them, maybe I'll floor you. Is he trying to fuck them all? Like, is that a yes. thing where, like, he wants to have <laughs> yes. this big orgy with all of them? Because that yes, was what I, mean, I... He has a creepy look on his face, and he goes, maybe all four of you. And I was like, what the... And then he smiles. All, oh, it was gross, dude. It was really, really gross. Well, he certainly can't be insinuating that he's going to accept them as students at his high school military academy, considering they are all in their 20s. It's, it's, it's because this movie is deeply stupid. Like, it's... <laughs> I picked it, but... You did. Well, let's, man, let's, man, let's start there. <laughs> start there we've been talking about this for 10 minutes already but bart so you you picked this i know you said part of why you picked this is because you own this one but you don't own excellent adventure Um, that's true but the reason that i own this one and not excellent adventure is because i think this one while they maybe are equally deeply stupid this one is more absurd than the first one oh very much so and, and and at the moment in my life when i purchased this on dvd that's what i wanted yeah no, that's fair. I still love Station. And I, I, I never realized this until this, this watch through. Do you realize who Death is? Yeah, it's William Sadler. Yeah, I never knew that. I just never put that together. Uh, I love that. That's great. And when they cut to, at some point, when all at the, the end, the, is it him and yeah, sitting the British in, family. He's in the British he's family. He's in the British yeah. family. Okay, that's what I thought. And in fact, it's his wife and kids that he's sitting there is with, it really? too. That's amazing. <laughs> it's yep. his real life wife and kids. <laughs> So speaking of absurd, uh, how absurd this movie is, could you explain to me why in the future of what year is it? 23 something? Uh, the boots. The boots? What are the boots? Why does everyone wear giant boots that they're tripping over every step of the way? And they don't look comfortable. They don't that, look, so that glad, shit does not hold up. Uh, but I'm, glad love, you, I'm glad you brought that up. I didn't mind the neon outfits. I didn't mind like the weird hairdos, even though it just looked like the 80s. Like realistically, yeah. everything everything looked like the '80s with like a futuristic angular twist, and then you look yeah. down and they're wearing fucking space boots. I love watching visions of the future from the past. I just yes. love. Oh, that always shit. great! It's always yeah. fun. I really love those future clothes. Um, they're terrible. 
Um, but I feel like I feel like so they're you know, they're all made out of neoprene and they're and they're all like yeah they're all like fluorescent. It's all like day glow pink and orange and blue and green and stuff. Um, so I feel like like I can imagine those designs like the the wardrobe designer like drawing these really awesome sketches with like these big like oversized like angular like costume pieces basically and then looking really great as sketches and then being like cool this is what i've designed and the producer's being like great uh you've got uh fifty dollars and uh, a truckload of scrap neoprene that i bought from a wetsuit factory uh have at it you know you know what <laughs> they just like me of? couldn't quite translate into the real world remember stretch armstrong oh sure <laughs> It's that, or or um, what was the other one? Do you remember the Slim Jim guy with the hair? Like, oh yeah, his hair. His hair is made mm-hmm. of Slim Jim. That's what it reminded me of. It's like it's just like, yeah. that shit doesn't look right. Um, yeah, but back to the boots, and I don't mean to come back to the boots again. But but the students, the students who all wore neon had neon matching boots, and the bad guys who all wore black had the same boots. spray painted black, yeah. just in black. The bad guys didn't look any better, I thought. Yeah, even even in black. Like, you'd think that might translate better in black, but yeah, no, it does not they looked look good at all. Uh, and their guns look terrible, too. Their guns oh, all no, look yeah. looks like PVC pipe that's, like, spray-painted black. And yeah. it's, not, it's, not, it's not good stuff, guys. Then we see Rufus, right? And Rufus is back, which is great. Yes. And, like, when the bad guy's plan starts to form and he throws the electric guitar. The guitar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, in in twenty four seventeen or whatever the hell year it is, you still have to plug guitars into an amp. Yeah, yeah, they don't have it's wireless, not wireless guitars. It's not wireless at this point. It's, and he's it's gonna vintage. U- and his one hundred and sixty plus pound ass is going to get dragged by a quarter inch cable <laughs> that a guitar of a guitar that's stuck to a phone booth. And how did he bury that guitar in the phone booth? It's metal. It's metal on metal. It's not a knife. It's a guitar. It was a, it was a flying V guitar, man. Did he throw it one hundred and eighty five miles an hour? Obviously. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. I should have suspended my disbelief. I apologize. Oh. No, that's one of those things where, like you were saying, Bart, of the like past versions of the future. Like, I, I actually love that where uh, it's the things that now we see, think of as like obvious, but in at the time it was like, oh, they wouldn't have even thought to make that a thing, like a wireless electric guitar. It was like today, we're like why? Why is there a cable coming out of that? You know, yeah. um, it's yeah. it's like in uh, you watch like old, especially anything from like the 60s, like uh, original Star Trek or anything like that. And anything that's like the computer and it's like a circuit has broken, you know, and it's like you've got to open a closet and there's like a big wire that you've got to like repair. The idea of like things being so small or the really just the idea of software is beyond them. The idea that like you would there would be functionality that doesn't require physically repairing some piece of uh, 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 some piece of mechanics like it would just beyond them you know it's like anything that happens on the on the ship must have like a physical counterpart that can break and be replaced you know the idea of like oh no I'll just like reboot it or like you know do a software patch and then it'll be fine you know <laughs> they didn't have apps in the 60s guys what can I say just real quickly to go back to Rufus throwing the guitar well, like an hour and 10 hour and 15 minutes into the movie when I'm like where the fuck has Rufus been? I literally had a mo- I had a moment, and I shit you not, I had a moment where I was like, "Did he end it? Was he done?" He was like, "I'm done. I gotta kill myself. I'm gonna th- I'm gonna follow this phone booth into the time traveling world and just call it a day. I- I've had enough with this cruel, cruel world. I'm done." I had no idea. I completely forgot that at the end of the movie, Pam Greer is not Pam Greer, my friend. Not at all. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. I remembered that also, like three quarters of the way through. Um... And uh, I, I don't know. I, w- I would love to know the origin of that, like if that was like a scripted device. I feel like it was probably more like Carlin was only available to shoot for three days. Uh, and so they just like wrote in this bit where he's like absent for most of the movie. And then they just did a reshoot of Pam Greer, like unzipping her skin. You know what I appreciated? One gag that I, I think does hold up is that, you know, what's his name? Denomalos or... The villain. Yeah, Chuck Denomalos, my old gym yeah. teacher, Chuck Denomalos. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, he walks in like my, you know, oh, my old teacher, oh, my favorite student, and then they reveal it later who's his gym teacher. And I'm like, yeah, what? <laughs> I lo- I love that guy. <laughs> Let's talk about the bad robot uses. Oh, I would love to. I like them. 
the bad robot us is like their, their robot stuff actually looks pretty cool they had a couple yeah. of like um, they had a couple of t2 moments when like they peeled the mouth back and like took the head off yeah when they like go a, when they peel their heads off through the mouth that's like a that's a great bit and then they like put it back yeah <laughs> uh one of my favorite lines uh uttered by a robot a bad robot us is i, I think it was ted bad bad robot ted goes I've got a full ro- full on robot full on robot, chub- robot chubby. <laughs> yes, I wrote that down also. <laughs> I was like what? what I also that? wrote down the question that after they they've officially killed uh, Bill and Ted, they both spit over the cliff. Like I didn't know that yes. robots could spit. I, maybe that's maybe that's <laughs> something I, I need to do more robot research. Yeah, why why would you program robots to spit? That seems unnecessary. Yeah. Why do robots need saliva? They don't. They don't. This is a this is such a weird choice. This movie is full of weird choices, which is why I like it. You know, I will say maybe it's just because I've seen it more times, but like, I got a little bored watching Excellent Adventure, and I think like, part of it might be just because it's more I'm more familiar with it. But I think part of it is also that I feel like that premise has sort of been done uh, many other times on many other movies and shows. It's oh, people go back in time and look at the weird person in a different time period. You know, whereas. Bogus Journey feels pretty unique, you know. Like they 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 really push the envelope to get real weird with this movie. Yeah, um, I mean, I, and so that's what the thing I respect about it the most. I think. Yeah, I think they figured out between Excellent Adventure and Bogus Journey that the least interesting characters for like for Bogus Journey are Bill and Ted. Yes, like, they are. They are not interesting. Like I feel like that's if there's one thing that doesn't hold up in this movie, it's moments where it's, it's bill just, and ted it's just bill and ted being bill and ted that's uh, like i don't want to watch that um well but, even in bogus yeah. journey they feel almost too old you know it's only like two or three years that have passed between movies but like they feel older and their shtick like divorced from high school their shtick feels kind of tired already yeah. yeah and so that's why they you know you get this parade of cameos from from more interesting characters yeah um, I mean, even even the fucking Easter Bunny thing, which by the way, that is scary. Holy shit! Okay, speaking okay, of yeah, uh, yeah, let's go. Let's go. Hell there. is amazing. Let's talk about hell because hell is fucking. That might be my favorite thing in the whole goddamn movie, aside oh, from yeah. uh, William Sadler and Station. William Sadler and Station are the two best things in this movie, but the third best thing in this movie is all the time spent in hell. Can can we yeah, can we can we is... can we dog ear a very important scene that happens later between Station and and the grim reaper and bill and ted i just want to just i'm gonna gonna put a little dog here remind me to bring up a scene between those four that's that was twisted but go ahead great hell we're talking about hell here's the thing i love about hell is that it's all again i feel like they didn't have the money they wanted to be able to pull off some of these effects and whatnot but like they went really fucking big with it i mean like there's like a 90 foot satan like where all the all the people are on these like floating rocks and there's they pull a, them in on the there's chain. There's a ninety shit. foot animatronic Satan. He is yeah, an animatronic yeah. Satan. It's unreal. Um, and then when they go into their like personal hells, um, like it's a lot of Dutch angles and a lot of yeah, like, that, weird it looks distorted great. architecture. Yeah. yeah, it looks it's so disorienting. It's like a lot of real close up like fish eye kind of stuff and like it's. It could be so like by the numbers, and they were like, "No, no, no, guys, let's get let's get fucking bizarre with this shit. Let's have a demonic Easter Bunny chase him around. It'll be yeah. great." How about the the fact that Bill's uh, Bill's Nana's name is Granny S. Preston Esquire, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 is played by Alex Winter. It's Alex Winter in in drag, is it which really? is a great choice. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Going full yeah, Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, it's a great fucking choice. Yeah, the whole hell sequence is just, it's overflowing with cheap creativity. Yeah. Um, and then you get to heaven, and I'm going to turn it over to Ben. <laughs> oh, yes, please. I would love to talk about heaven and how fucking weird it is. It's the weirdest place I've ever seen in my life. First of all, first of all, it's a mixture of like people in Victorian dress, people that mm-hmm. are straight off of the beach, straight off the beach. Uh, ben Franklin was there, I'm pretty sure. Um, yep. Yep. As was Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein was there, and and two mm-hmm. and two aliens, both named Station. Together, their Station is one Stay and one Shun. We don't know yet, it, but somehow they are <laughs> as a unit collectively Station. Collectively yeah. Station. I feel like the like implied reality there, because yeah, you see all these people in these like very weird, different 
garments, different different. But they're all showing up to check into heaven at the same time. At the same time. Which yeah, which is so it's like you know time is meaningless in heaven. Everybody checks in together, I guess. Um, but I feel like the implication by all the weird outfits and stuff because you mentioned like the people coming from the beach. Um, uh, the one that sticks out to me is uh, there's a boxer. <laughs> There's a guy, there's like a, like a big tall black guy, and he's wearing like white trunks and white gloves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like the implication there is that the people are wearing what they were wearing when they died. Sure. Yeah. Which means that dude died in the ring. Right. And that's mm-hmm. fucked and up. And that means those people <laughs> died on the beach. But nobody knows, yeah. did they just have a heart attack on the beach? Did they get eaten by a shark? They didn't have any visible bite marks? I mean, not that maybe in heaven you don't see that kind of stuff. I don't you know. Don't, yeah, you, also, you're not cursed to walk around without also, limbs in heaven. We, 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 we kind of breezed over this, but when Bill and Ted, real Bill and Ted, get pushed off a cliff, they land perfectly next to each other without a, without a drop <laughs> yes, of blood. Without a scratch. Without a scratch yeah. on them. They're, they're taking a nap, for, for lack of a better term at that point. Yeah, it's like Looney Tunes reality, really absolutely. <laughs> right before they get killed... Uh, there is a really that you know the thing that uh, that holds up the least in the whole movie. I think the Star Trek are, bit. I sh- I shouldn't say that. No, no. Okay, first of all, I love the Star Trek bit. It yeah. has no purpose whatsoever. <laughs> At all. They keep cutting to close-ups of them watching uh, one of the classic original series episodes, Arena, where uh, Kirk fights a dragon. Um, but he's running up dragon. Which is, he's running up that cliff. Come on, yeah, man. he fights a Gorn. He fights a Gorn, which there, is basically be, a dragon. Be the nerd uh, that you are, man. Lean into it. <laughs> We all okay. know it's a fucking uh, Gorn. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, but it was filmed at Vasquez Rocks, which is a location up in California, in the desert, uh, where they used to sh- – a lot of TV shows used to shoot out there, but Star Trek shot there all the time. Um, so they keep shut it, like cutting to close-ups of like Kirk at this very particular location and climbing up this rock formation, and then that's where the bad robot uses take them to murder them. So it's just solely – there's just like – it's just like a weird visual – Symmetry, and it, like, there's and it, no and it didn't, reason it didn't to have that, it there. Yeah. It's just like a a weird gag. And because, but it makes you th- only for Star Trek nerds. It makes you think like about did they do that on purpose? Like, did, did the bad robots like see that on the TV and decide that that would be a great place to kill? Like, what is yeah, the yeah. connection? Oh, we should go there. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure the director was just like. I've never gotten to shoot anything on these rocks before, and I've always wanted to, and I <laughs> want to make sure everybody fucking knows that I found them. Here we I think go. that's fair. I think that's very fair. That's the kind of thing um, I would but, do. I mean, <laughs> oh, I would absolutely do that. Yeah. Um, and then when the bad robot uses kill them, uh, they make a callback. It's the thing that is most cringy in the whole movie is they make a callback to the worst joke in the first movie, which is fags. Uh, fags. Yeah. yeah. I can't believe they got away with that twice. By the way, I know it was the. 80s, I know. But like, how did you get away with that joke twice? In the in the first movie, they they uh, when they're in medieval England and they Bill thinks that Ted died, uh, and then he finds him alive again. They like hug and then they immediately back off and they're like fags. Right, but can we uh, can we quote what Bill says when he thinks Ted died? You killed what Ted, he, you medieval what, dickweed. Yes, thank you. That's it. <laughs> um, and then uh, so yeah, so then in this movie, uh, when the bad robots are about to kill them, the the. The real Bill and Ted say, oh, we we love you. Yeah, we love you. And then the bad robots say, fags, fags and push them off the, push them off the yeah. cliff. Which, like, it's a bad joke, and it's a bad callback. Like, I would just, I would not have included that. Of all the things to call back to, that would have been very low on the list. Um, I think it only, wor- the only way it works at all in this movie is the fact that they're evil. They're evil robots. So well, and then like, again, again, it doesn't. In a, in a way, you could almost see it as as like a critique of them from the first movie. You know that like now the bad robots say that, I, I but like the good robots you. are say, the good versions are like we love you and we're fine with that, and the bad robots are well, no. Brings up an interesting point because like correct me if I'm wrong, but when we see, which is such a weird fucking scene, but when we see Missy, I mean Mom, in her little seance group doing the seance, and they're going yeah. around the room, and one character who's probably gay like wants to have the ghost of some old actor i forget who he, who he calls to it's like carrie grant or something like that he calls the name of yeah. like some old hollywood male actor with like a grim yeah. a grin on his face cut to yeah. later when all the tv stations get changed to the battle of the bands and he sits yes. down next to a guy and they touch each other's knee and then they quickly split and a bunch of women fill in between them it was the weirdest fucking scene it's like are you telling us that those characters are gay, and but we're not going to let you let them be gay because we're going to shove six women between them? Like, what the fuck yeah. was that scene? And was that just like 
an apology for saying fags? Well, uh, and I will say those two, the two guys in that scene, those are the writers, uh, the creators ah, of Bill gotcha, and Ted. Gotcha, gotcha. That doesn't make it less weird, though. It doesn't make it any no, less weird. No, it does not. Um, and in fact, in that seance scene, when they like, when she pulls out like the how to dispel evil book, uh, and they all say like a weird Latin thing, what they're saying is so the the two guys who created Bill and Ted are named Chris and Ed. What they're saying is Chris and Ed will rule the world backwards. Like, that's what they're saying. How do you know these fun facts? Did you go on IMDb and look up fun facts? I went on the internets. The internets told me fun facts. I'd like to dissect Missy as a character and figure out why, A, she has a daddy issue that's very clear and evident throughout the whole thing. Why she also likes to do seances. Like, what's her what's her thing? Yeah. They've given her a well, lot of colors you... that, that, that make no sense and that don't connect to each other at all. So I feel like, yeah, they wanted to give Missy some extra dimension, some thing to do in this movie. So they have this seance scene... But the seance scene doesn't have any kind of, like, I wanted it to have, like, a punchline. There's no, like, there's no payoff, you know? Like, there's, they're, they're just, there literally just needed to be, like, a punchline joke to it where, like, they, they get banished back to whatever and then it cuts back to just all the people in the room and Missy says something, you know? You can't tell me that Missy didn't recognize their voices. She knew it was Bill and Ted. They never bothered to ask why they were dead, how they died, why they were visiting her. But you maybe, could see in her she, eyes, she knew it was them. Maybe yeah. she had a secret, and she was happy they were gone. Ooh. She fucked both of them. She like, fucked both of them. Let's, let's be real. She just fucked both of them. They don't know it, <laughs> but she knows it. They don't know about each other, but... Okay, They're Eskimo yeah. brothers, but they don't know it. But Missy knows it. I mean, Mom. What are the odds that Missy, I mean, Mom, shows up in the third one? I mean, they're pretty, pretty high, right? I, if, I, uh, I got to assume I mean, that they asked all the original cast members to come back. I love that, that Bill's dad is like crying in the corner at the party, and we never see him again. He's like shoving yeah. his face with cake, crying, because Missy's now with Ted's dad. It reminded me of the meth parents from uh, Flight of the Navigator. <laughs> like, oh, his life is a shambles because he's not everyone, fucking a 20-year-old anymore. <laughs> we are all the meth parents from Flight of the Navigator. <laughs> One thing I got to give Ted's dad, though, is, or I should say the actor, I don't know his name, who played Ted's dad. I think he did a pr- like he did a pretty solid the possession scene. Oh yeah, like yeah, I bought that. I was like, yeah, that's they're possessed. But although no, although his his cop buddy did a really shitty impression of Bill. It's true. Yeah, he was it's a true. little he was a little over the top and a little like too animated and. Yeah, I I I wrote that. And I like I like that scene a lot. Actually, I think that's I think that's really fun because he feels like that guy just fucking goes for it. That actor just sort of like cuts loose and it's great. From a CGI perspective, making them jump into an ear hole seems like oh, that's pretty strange. Like that's a weird yeah. choice and a very difficult choice to compute when yeah. it comes to graphics. <laughs> I would assume that's like not an easy task in 1980s. Not when did this movie come out? 1989. 91. Um, I also like when the dad does the air guitar, except it's like lame, like Barry Manilow air guitar. <laughs> I mean, it tracks. But can we also talk about speaking specifically of air guitar, like how much they played the air guitar in this movie? Like they played it a lot oh, in a the lot. first movie, but they played it a lot in this movie. Like yeah. every chance. No, they know it's like that was the thing that everybody liked in the first movie. So it's like, let's go back to that well as much as possible. And, and- Bad Bill and Ted played air guitar, and then new new good robots, new crudely designed good robot Bill and Ted play air guitar. Yeah. Like everyone, everyone plays air guitar. Oh yeah, death death plays air guitar. He does. I don't I don't know what Station ever does, but they programmed the good robot asses too. Oh, so can we now talk awesome. about the scene that I I wanted to dog ear? Yeah, do it. Yeah, man. it's the scene when good Bill or good robot Bill and Ted are finally done, and they're testing out, and they get their joysticks, and there's a weird cut to Station's ass. And Ted says, Station, (laughs) you have quite a booty on you or something like that. Like, Kudos to you and kudos to your huge Martian butt. And then like a couple of seconds pass and Death comes in. He's like, you know, I have a great butt too. I hope you notice it. I work out a lot. Like, please don't, don't not look at my ass too. If you want to make it a little bit weirder, think about the fact that Station honestly could have looked like anything. That butt was a choice on a lot of different levels. And, I mean, I understand that's the kind of trunk space you want in a late model car. But, like... This is moments after two stations, when two became one. When two stations ran and jumped into each other, became a pile of, like, primordial ooze. And then, like, rose up as 
the newly formed single station that was big and huge, but then once they were in the van, looked a lot smaller. He looked like he could yeah. have been giant size, and then they were in the van, and it was it was not the same. Yeah, no, I agree, and I think that's another one of those instances. You know, this movie is full of like. At one point, I wrote down like, man, like this movie is it's weird, and it's interesting, and I feel like if they had a bigger budget it would have been like it could have been like legitimately great you know like i feel like this movie is full of like weird and interesting concepts that are hobbled by the fact that they don't really have the money to achieve the thing that they're trying to pull off and i feel like like with that moment where the two stations become one and it's just like you see them like run at each other and then it's just like cut to an insert of like weird primordial goop on the ground and then he's tall and there's no like metamorphosis scene Mm -hmm. you know like i feel like there should have been like a a bit where you see him like you know coming out of the ooze and like transforming and instead it's just like two guys slime one guy this whole movie is is just clever camera angles and cutaways to hide things that's the whole movie yes. <laughs> what, what, I, what also confused me was why station decided to transform when he did because i swear it came on the heels of either bill or ted being like did we get everything we need i hope you know how to make robot station and station yeah. has two giggles and it's like haha ha we're gonna giggle now and then run at each other and become one and it still didn't answer the question of i hope you know how to make robots also, wouldn't it be easier to make good robot uses if you were, like, in a van, if you were a little bit smaller and had four hands? One could work on one, <laughs> Just, and one could work on the one other. One could work on the other, yeah. Yeah. I, you know. Um, two things. Uh, first of all, uh, did either of you recognize the location of the hardware store? I did not. And when they when they first drive up to it, there's like a shot, and it like pulls up over the parking lot and like comes down into the front of the store. Mm-hmm. It's a Twin Pines Mall from Back to the Future. Is it really? Oh, is it? Yeah, and it's like the same shot from Back to the Future too. It's where it like comes up over the mall sign yeah. and like into the parking lot. It's like they mimicked the shot. I need to re- I need to rewatch it now just for that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. Um, but also, um, my I love you know again the movie just full of weird flourishes while Station is making the robots and then it just it cuts away to death over to the other side like making the little like the little pieces of cord just like braiding fake Ted's hair like that's his job is like oh just glue these pieces of hair it's purely or- ornamental pieces of hair and he references <laughs> it later he goes I made the hair like he says something yeah, like that exactly. William Sadler, okay, let's talk about William Sadler, because he fucking kills it in this movie. He He is just, every fucking word out of his mouth is a goddamn home run. It's amazing. He is easily the thing I am most looking forward to being in the new movie. Like, if he only has, like, one scene and disappears, I'm going to be really sad. I want him to be in, like, the whole goddamn movie. Hold on, is it, is it, are we sure that it's actually him? Oh, yes, it's definitely him in the new movie. Oh, good, okay, thank God. Station is amazing. Station is... Station's really fun, but I also don't get the origin of Station, you know? Like, they're saying Station, like, earlier, before he shows up, yeah. people say Station. And I was like, was that, like, a like a flash in the pan, like, saying in the 90s that I don't remember, and then they made a character out of it? Or, are people, or did they just introduce this weird, like, saying so that they could, like, you know, for, for this character. Like, and, and of all the words, why station? Like, I, I don't, I, feel, I just don't, I don't get it on, like, any level. I think that the most likely thing is they were trying to um, create a new, a new air guitar thing. Like, this, this will be the yeah. thing that comes out of this movie. It's people yeah. going to start saying station in the real world, and that obviously didn't happen. Yeah, they're, just, um, they're manufacturing a catchphrase, you know? Yeah, or, I mean, cowabunga, right? Yeah, sure. Let me ask a question about station. Why, when they were in heaven... Other people that were already that already made it into heaven, like Albert Einstein and Ben Franklin, yeah. could understand the gibberish that Station spoke when Station was trying to get them to guess. Well, they were playing charades. Yeah, they were playing yeah. charades. Because yeah. like, what else do you do in heaven? Which is apparently paradise. <laughs> heaven is paradise, right? Play, play, you play charades. You obviously. play charades. You pass the time with charades. Uh, they can't. They can understand every little bit of gibberish that comes out of his mouth. Yet when he's when station he she it whatever is back on planet Earth all station says is station. It's like I am Groot yes. or it's like Hodor. Like it felt like yeah yeah a yeah. precursor to both of those characters, which is very weird. I can't decide if the good robot uses are another example of this would have been cooler with a bigger budget, or if their entire charm lies in how shitty they look. <laughs> I'm 
pretty sure it's the second one. I think it's door yeah. number two. I want to know what the guy in the hardware store was thinking when this cast of <laughs> characters showed up. A couple of aliens, the Grim Reaper. And, and two, and two lo- loafing 20-something-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> also, I think the, when, the, when the good robot usses fight the bad robot usses, and they literally just walk fight, up to really. them and... One exactly. They just come up. I feel like there should have been like a, a big fight scene between the two of them, and in a movie with a bigger budget, like you would have had them like tussle on the stage. And there's a, there's, there's, a something. there's a chance the good robots might lose, but they eventually prevail. My yeah. question is: the good robots literally walk up to the bad robots, punch their heads off out into yeah. the audience, and somehow Bill and Ted catch them behind the good robots on like where where is that what's the physics of that there like how does did they boomerang like what that doesn't make any sense also like i mean i I know that they're trying to establish them as evil but man they really went out of their way to be dicks those evil robot us is like none of that had anything to do with the plot yeah but they're also so joyous like that's the thing that i think works the most about the bad robot uses is that like they're 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 assholes but like they're so happy about being assholes like they're not like cackling villains they're just bill and ted but they do things that they do mean things instead you know but their attitude is exactly the same i have another question about physics in this movie i just thought of it when when bad robot bill and ted decide to go capture the princesses somehow they know they're at missy i mean mom's house and they decide he's like i know how we'll do this i'll slam this porsche into the curb we'll launch through our own windshield and then through the bay window crash into the fireplace be okay and steal the women like what use the door save the car you stole a very expensive porsche don't slam it into a curb that's that's rude that's rude. The bad robot uses have no respect for the resale value. They really of, don't. Uh, automobile resale value. Or bay windows. <laughs> <laughs> if there's one thing Ben Fuller loves, it's a good, <laughs> it's bay, a window. good bay window. <laughs> the other thing I really like, like style choice, um, that I think actually just works, is uh, I love when they first die. And then they like they pop up and they're all like grayed out. They're in like monochrome. Uh, and like everything around them is like black and white. And then they like go back to reality and it's like they're just black and white in a full color world (laughs) okay but how about the fact that they are able to evade the grim reaper by giving him a melvin and then just walking walking back to san Dimas, (laughs) which is 40 miles away yeah it's so bad work ethic from the grim reaper (laughs) yeah like get your shit together grim reaper also i don't remember the term melvin being a thing i thought a melvin was a front wedgie i thought a, a wedgie was a back wedgie and a melvin was a front wedgie I want to know how they managed to get his underwear. He's wearing robes. Yeah, you need. I mean, a, why is he wearing underwear? Does Death wear underwear? I, I mean, that seems superfluous to me. Because I mean, if you were wearing, does Death like, does Death does Death have junk down there that needs to be cradled by underwear? Like, isn't that the purpose of underwear? It sort of implies that Death has a dick, and I don't know if that's is that canon. I don't know. <laughs> Well, I mean, he was in a band, so <laughs> he launched a he launched a solo career. So I mean, do you think Death had groupies in his in his solo act? Because then having a dick would have been helpful, probably. Did like, you think like the, uh... like women like Karen's in their sixties? Probably no nobody that like all he did was play the upright bass. So no, he didn't have groupies. <laughs> he was on Magic One Hundred Six Point Seven every night. That's where he was. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Bedtime Magic with David Allen Boucher. Um, I do really like the uh, the long sequence with them when they catch back up with Death and Death just makes them play games. And it's like the silliness of that sequence has always been one of my favorites. But like, again, you got to respect the filmmakers for saying, hey, can we have our Bill and Ted sequel have a, an extended sequence that's a riff on an Ingmar Bergman film? Like, <laughs> there's not a lot of audience overlap there. <laughs> so like, I appreciate the absurdity of that entire sequence, like on its face. Yeah. Do, do you <laughs> like think... how that made it into this movie is amazing. Do you think that um, he was given direction to do that voice, to be like vaguely Swedish or something? <laughs> or German? Like, I don't know what he was. I don't know what yeah. he was. Um, Ethnically Caucasian? I don't he's know. Like, he's like pre-Borat. Borat? What was his amazing speech at the Battle of the Bands when he like walks up to the microphone? His, 
his little riff. He does like an Abraham Lincoln moment from the first movie. It's the it's it's the it's the 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 death rap. And if I remember correctly, it's <laughs> you may be a king or a little street sweeper, but sooner or later you dance with you the dance reaper. with the reaper. <laughs> <laughs> Which is I love that bit. He walks I, back I, to I, his I, upright bass, gives it a little twirl. Yeah. Or no, he hands his. his no, he gives the scythe a swirl. He, he gives the scythe no, a swirl because he has to duck under he it. He does, but then he hands the scythe to a stagehand, gives yes. the upright bass a sweep, and like fakes, yes. pl- fakes playing the upright bass. What is the most absurd line in this movie? Is it is it is it a the uh, station's huge Martian butt line? Is it B? I've got a full-on robot chubby. It's C. It's or, C. Or is it? It's it C, uh, which is uh, Colonel Oates in Hell. Silk comes from the butts of Chinese worms. Because <laughs> uh, I, I have to say C. Like I'm, I'm in love with C. And that's supposed to be like a belittling thing to say, right? Like that's just yes. a fact. But he's yelling it at them. <laughs> Do you guys remember liking this movie, like as a kid? Like, I think we all sort of appreciate uh, Excellent Adventure. Like, it's a it's a stone cold classic at this point. But like, what do you, what are you guys' like memories or sort of relationships with this movie going into it? I don't remember seeing it as a kid. So I mean, like, I've seen Excellent Adventure one or two times tops. I don't remember almost a damn thing about it. Um, and I probably picked this up in like the five dollar bargain bin at a Walmart or something. Um, so I mean, yeah, I remember liking it enough to purchase it, but then again, I also own like three ninjas, so I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember seeing this as a kid either. I, I think this may have been the first time I've seen it, front to back. Um, wow. Yeah, I I remember very specific. I remember as a kid very specifically watching the the, the trailer on TV, like the TV spots and things, because I remember with like movie trailer voice guy in the background. I remember the scene where they're falling in the in the darkness and they're screaming and then they stop screaming and they're still falling. That's a like, great bit. What do we yeah. do next? I don't know. Whoa! And they just start screaming again. An experience that I had with this movie that you guys did not have um, is you didn't get to watch this with a DVD menu. Mm, no. Uh, but, I, but I did. So do you remember like that period with DVDs where first for a while they were just like a static image with badly highlighted uh, yeah. like, text menu selections? Yeah. This came after that. This was the looped repeating DVD menu. Oh, little yeah, video. Do you know what yeah. they chose for this movie? Them screaming and falling into the abyss literally <laughs> forever. So you turn on the DVD and it immediately yells at you. That should have been I, a. That should, might be my favorite thing that, in this whole movie. That should be a warning I, sign. That scream is a warning sign. Like, don't do what you're about to do. We're warning you. <laughs> this is a bad choice. So I don't know That's what incredible. deal with my TV is, but like, for whatever reason, the audio coming in through the HDMI cable out of the out of the Blu-ray player is much lower than it is from like your streaming, like the built-in streaming Netflix or Hulu or whatever it is. And so when the audio came on, it was fucking loud as hell and so it was just like nothing 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 ah! through the house it was horrible does it does it do the like where they stop and they're like what do we do now or is it just the screaming on a loop it's so it's like screaming pause fall down through the bottom of the frame and then fall back in through the top of the frame start screaming again <laughs> it's amazing all right let's wrap this thing up uh you know let's get back to the uh you know the ultimate question here, does it hold up? What are our final thoughts? Bart, what do you think? Honestly, no, probably not. I think there are bits that hold up, but there are at least as many weird choices that don't. All right, Ben? My issue, again, is that I don't think I saw this as a kid, so... So you don't really have a nostalgia factor here? No, so, and, and here's the issue. I do have a, a huge nostalgia factor for Excellent Adventure, and so to say that bogus journey holds up as a sequel to excellent adventure i would be lying to myself and everyone listening to this <laughs> podcast excellent adventure is a masterpiece and timeless um except that they use the word fag and that's that's uncool but besides that it's an it's a masterpiece um this is this is a hacky this is a hack job this is like so many movies wrapped up into and by the way was jim henson involved did jim henson design station because it looked like something out of Dark Crystal. It feels very Muppety. Or Labyrinth. It's the big nose. It felt like a ripoff. It felt like a ripoff puppet yeah. of 
of some Jim Henson creation. So it's 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 hacky. It's all over the place. There's way too much going on. Um, it does not hold up for me. I'm gonna. Uh, buck the trend here and i i fucking adored this movie i thought it was really great uh, uh like i said i mean i feel like you know i mean excellent excellent adventure is a like i said a stone cold classic um but it's also feels like well-traveled territory um whereas this like i i can't think of another movie that is like this movie this movie is like it really it, it could have been like Home Alone 2, you know? It could have just been like, we reuse all the same gags, and here, now we're going to go to this part of history, or, oh, we'll just go to, you know, like, they, they could have just kept the format exactly the same, and just, like, you know, it could have been a cash grab sequel, but instead they just decided to be really different and make really bizarre fucking choices and to, like, go way out there, and I have to respect those choices. They're so bizarre, and they're so fun. And, like, yeah, a lot of it doesn't, necessarily work like i said i feel like if this movie had like the equivalent of you know probably another like mm, 10 20 million dollars in 1990 dollars like it probably it could have been like legitimately great um because they sort of didn't it definitely feels like they didn't have the resources to pull off their vision but i love what their vision is i and like (laughs) there there are a few things in this world uh that are as bizarrely fun as death William Sadler's death uh, and and station uh, as characters like they're so they're so fucking weird and I love them uh, so yeah I like I will I will go out on a limb and I will say uh, I would rather watch this one than Excellent Adventure at least at this moment in my life I am so <laughs> upset right now I have never felt this <laughs> upset in my entire life all right well that just about wraps it up for this week Ben thanks for coming in man thank thanks you for, for having uh, me gentlemen that was enlightening and fun. <laughs> a lot of fun a lot of fun it was fun we'll uh, we'll get you back on again for something else fun i would uh, love to we kind back. of foisted this one upon you yeah no um, yeah. so we'll let you pick the movie next time <laughs> yeah. this was you know what i'm glad i know now that i hate bogus journey <laughs> so you you did me a, you did me a favor so thank you you're welcome <laughs> Uh, in the meantime we're going to uh, move on next week it's my choice again uh, so we're going to go gonna change up the tone a little we're going to get a little darker uh, literally and figuratively we're going to be watching uh, the Alex Proyas film uh, Dark City uh, which I think it came out in the 90s and I think I haven't watched it since the 90s um, and I have you know I remember thinking that it's a good movie and that's about all i remember about it so um even though i own it i don't i don't remember i definitely bought it and haven't watched it since i bought it yeah i feel like i feel like the main thing about dark city is that it's it's visually something but no one remembers what it's about um yes absolutely i guess we're gonna find out next week in the meantime stay safe stay healthy stay the fuck at home unless you're out in the streets fighting the good fight against police brutality and all that bullshit thank you for listening Have a lovely evening and a fantastical tomorrow. They're Eskimo brothers, but they don't know it.